a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you joined us on the program here. We are uh, keeping our eyes on the states at the moment as we're getting ready for the 2023 legislative session. We've been talking a lot about what states with a uh, Democratic majority or a Democratic supermajority are planning on doing in 2023. Uh, you know, yesterday we talked about the proposed ban on so-called assault weapons that uh, lawmakers are actually trying to get through in the lame duck 2022 session there in Illinois. But uh, lawmakers are also uh, eyeing up gun control in states like Minnesota, uh, where Democrats now have a majority in uh, both chambers, as well as uh, the governorship, Michigan, where they've got that uh, trifecta as well, uh, and Maryland, and a number of other states where there appears to be little opposition. Well, I take it, I take that back. Little, um, <laughs> the numbers aren't there in the legislature to uh, thwart some of these gun control bills. I won't say that there's not opposition because there is a lot of opposition, even in these anti-gun states. But on today's program, we're actually going to be talking about uh, what we might see in one of the states with a new Republican supermajority, the state of Montana. Uh, and interestingly enough, you know, Montana already has a lot of really good gun laws, right? It's a constitutional carry state. Uh, it's got firearms preemption. Uh, it's got a booming firearms industry, quite frankly. So you might be thinking, OK, well, what what is there left to do in Montana? Well, Attorney General Austin, Austin Knudsen was uh, doing an interview yesterday on a Montana radio station, and uh, he talked about uh, the number of ballot referendums, proposed constitutional amendments to Montana's constitution that have already been filed by Republicans ahead of the 2023 session. One of the reasons, he says, we're seeing so many of these bills is the fact that the Montana Supreme Court uh, earlier this year uh, ruled against a state law allowing campus carry uh, and instead ruled that the State Board of Regents uh, could, quote, remove the Second Amendment rights of any citizen on a Montana college campus. He said, quote, when that constitutional carry on campus fight went to the Montana Supreme Court, that's literally what the Montana Supreme Court ruled, that the university system was so powerful that it could suspend the Bill of Rights on the university campuses. And I think that's incredibly dangerous, he said. That's why you're seeing constitutional initiative bills being dropped in the legislature, because you've got legislators who are upset about this process. Yeah, the language, the current language of the Montana State Supreme Court, or excuse me, the current language of the Montana State Constitution, basically says that the Board of Regents um, doesn't answer to the state legislature, doesn't answer to the governor, doesn't answer to, to any entity in the state, and they can craft their own rules or procedures. And again, the Bill of Rights doesn't matter. Uh, so as a result, as uh, Knudsen pointed out, there have been a number of bills filed. Now, I looked at the Montana legislative website today, and because we're still so far out from the start of the session, uh, basically all lawmakers have to do is say, hey, I'm filing this bill. It has something to do with firearms. I'll give you the details later. Uh, and it gets put into the legislative hopper. So there's not a lot. In fact, I haven't found any specific language uh, to take a look at, but we do know that... Um, some of these measures, yeah, do indeed target not only the state constitution, uh, but the state Supreme Court as well. One of the uh, lawmakers 
that has uh, is planning on uh, introducing uh, uh, some of these uh, referendums. Uh, Representative Mike Hopkins, Republican from Missoula, um, and he said that uh, his request is a, a direct response to the court ruling striking down GOP-sponsored laws that uh, sought to establish laws that the university says it would have to follow, not only uh, regarding the right to bear arms in self-defense, but uh, the First Amendment as well. He said, I think what we're dealing with is language clarifying that the Board of Regents has to respect all portions of the Constitution. It doesn't get to pick and choose. Uh, one of his bills from the 2021 session recently struck down in Montana for attempting to oppose policies on, quote, internal university affairs. And again, the state Supreme Court has said, no, 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 that's entirely up to the Board of Regents, according to the state constitution. Uh, Hopkins' bill sought to bar universities from punishing students for speech, with some exceptions. Uh, And uh, again, he says that this referendum could uh, be crafted to grant the legislature oversight power uh, over the Board of Regents. So, Second Amendment implicated in this measure or this proposed measure, but the uh, First Amendment implicated as well. Now, what's fascinating about this is in Montana, you've got Democrats who are uh, nationwide. I think it's fair to say that generally speaking, Democrats are the party that says, oh, the Constitution, Uh, we can change that. We can make it mean whatever it, it we want it to mean, right? We don't even need a ballot referendum. We don't even need a, 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 a formal change. We can just reinterpret the Constitution. It's a living, breathing document that must change with the times, even if the language or the text doesn't change at all, right? And yet in Montana, <laughs> Democrats are now talking about the sanctity of the state Constitution and how it should remain untouched. Yeah. Uh, calling the GOP supermajority, quote, an existential threat. To the state constitution. Uh, Republicans arguing that a supermajority doesn't give them unchecked power over the future of the state constitution, only proposals uh, until the voters decide. Because again, it's not like the legislature can enact these changes on their own. They can pass legislation putting these measures before the voters in 2024, but that's it. Then the voters actually have to cast a vote. And uh, in Montana, where Democrats aren't likely to uh, 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 appreciate the outcome of that potential vote. Yeah. Now the Constitution must be uh, unchangeable forevermore, or at least another few years. Senate Minority Leader uh, Pat Flowers says Montana voters have the ability every 20 years to vote for a new constitutional convention to draft up a fresh document. So far, they've opted to keep it since 1972's update. And he said it's, uh, quote, naive to just label these as options for voters. He says anytime you put a referendum on the ballot, it has the potential to pass. And if that referendum passes and we lose fundamental rights and freedoms that are in the Constitution, that's an incredible loss for the state, in my opinion, and can change the state in dramatic ways. Well, again, if those measures were meant to limit or curtail freedom, then that might be a good argument. But when we're talking about the right to keep and bear arms, we're not talking about stripping people of their rights. We're talking about making sure they have access to those rights. I would also argue that uh, calling for a constitutional convention is a much bigger step than approving a constitutional amendment. It doesn't surprise me that voters in Montana might not have taken uh, the opportunity to rewrite 
the entirety of the state's constitution in the 50 years uh, uh, that it has uh, been in place in its current form and fashion. That doesn't mean, however, uh, that Montana residents wouldn't approve uh, uh, changes to specific parts of the Montana state constitution without wanting to throw out the entire document and start from scratch. I would also note that uh, Democrats don't seem to have these same objections when it comes to ballot initiatives or referendums that impose more restrictions on the right to keep and bear arms, right? Only, only for some weird reason, uh, when those rights might be expanded, do the Democrats uh, cry foul and claim that, uh, oh, no, no, the Constitution must uh, remain as it stands. Uh, at, at least until the voters are willing to uh, write an entire new one. So what happens in Montana next year? Well, again, with a supermajority, I'd say the prospects are good that uh, one or more of these uh, proposed amendments actually makes it to the voters. Uh, what voters of Montana do in 2024 if this is on the ballot? I, you know, listen, Montana is a pretty red state. John Tester, the Democrat senator, is a bit of an anomaly uh, in uh, state politics in Montana. I think it's fair to say that Montana historically maybe has been more purple, uh, but you're talking about a lot of rural Democrats. And then over the past couple of decades, I think the uh, the, the the voting uh, characteristics in the state have changed a little bit. Those rural Democrats have largely disappeared. You've got a smaller cadre of more progressive Democrats located in, you know, the college towns around Montana. Uh, and then pretty much everywhere else, you're looking at a, a sea of ruby red. Uh, and, you know, statewide elections have gone in favor of the Republicans over the past few election cycles. Uh, I don't think that that is likely to change over the next couple of years. So I would say that uh, any ballot measure that would protect or or strengthen or expand the right to keep bear arms in the state of Montana is going to be favored uh, to win approval, even if Democrats launch a massive campaign to uh, try to uh, miseducate voters on what these issues are all about. At the end of the day, again, when we're talking about a fundamental right, a right of self-defense, should it be up to an unelected board to decide whether or not that right can be exercised in a public setting like a university or college campus? I would argue no. Montana State Supreme Court says, sure thing, at least under our state constitution. Uh, and if that's what the courts have said, well, then the only remedy uh, it would be to change the state constitution. So I, it, it's <laughs> when Democrats talk about uh, uh, there's been an existential threat to the state's constitution, it's not. Republicans are actually trying to work within the confines of what is allowed under the law to change the constitution to or to change the state constitution of Montana to better reflect uh, not only the fundamental nature of our right to keep and bear arms, but also, again, to restore some balance to a system that allows that right to be infringed upon by a uh, unelected board of regents with no opportunity for accountability 
uh, by the part of Montana voters. All right, we will keep our eyes on what's going on in Montana, as well as a lot of other uh, pro-gun states. You know, we were and the anti-gun states too. Unfortunately, we can't ignore those. But uh, I, I don't want to leave the impression that starting in 2023 is just going to be this massive tidal wave of gun control legislation. We're going to see that in blue states, unfortunately. But we are going to see, uh, I, I think, a uh, an equal amount of uh, pro-gun bills, pro-Second Amendment legislation, legislation designed to enhance, again, and protect that fundamental civil right to keep and bear arms in self-defense. Uh, and I am looking forward to covering the good bills, as well as a stealing myself to cover the uh, infringements that are heading our way. Now let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a case out of Colorado, Grand Junction, Colorado. Now, unlike the uh, recent shooting in Colorado Springs, we haven't seen a lot of uh, press outlets in Colorado wonder, oh, well, why wasn't a red flag law invoked here? Probably because the guy was not legally allowed to possess a firearm, and it didn't matter to the armed criminal. Suspect in the uh, Red Roof Inn shooting in Grand Junction, Colorado, had a long and violent criminal record, according to police. And again, because the law never really stepped in to provide any consequences to that suspect, he was uh, willing and able to uh, allegedly continue out his uh, life of crime. 28-year-old Joseph Mendez uh, was uh, uh, holed up inside the Red Roof Inn. He had threatened his uh, ex-girlfriend with suicide by a handgun that he stole from her during their uh, previous meeting. Uh, police say that they ended up chasing Mendez over a quarter mile by foot into a field near the Red Roof Inn before he stopped and held the gun to his head and refused to drop it. Officers then shot Mendez citing concerns for bystanders that were uh, near where he was walking. Uh, Mendez is in jail now. He survived the uh, the shooting. Uh, two officers involved in that shooting have been placed on paid administrative leave. But uh, NBC 11 in Colorado reports that Mendez's criminal record is long, including three active domestic violence cases in Mesa County, as well as a robbery conviction in California and several probation violations. They note that Mendez had previously been ordered by a judge to stay away from handguns, but ignored that order. Uh, also told, you know, to obey the law and ignored that order as well. According to the uh, arrest affidavit, Mendez was convicted back in uh, 2012 in California on that uh, robbery charge. Don't know how long he spent in custody. Uh, but we do know that by 2017, he was dinged for a parole violation. That was the first of several. At some point, he uh, leaves California, moves to Colorado. Again, three active domestic violence cases against Mendez at the time. He allegedly stole his ex-girlfriend's gun and threatened to commit suicide uh, in front of her with it. Um, you know, again, you look at this situation. And tell me, what gun control law would have prevented this? As opposed to a functional criminal justice system that might have actually applied some penalties to Mr. Mendez's uh, either original robbery conviction or certainly his probation violations. And then 
the uh, domestic assault cases that he is involved with right now. Uh, this is going to be one of those uh, cases that Colorado Democrats just quickly drop and ignore when they return to Denver in 2023 and start taking up uh, their uh, gun control ideas. Don't expect this story to be one of the things that they talk about, because, again, this is an indication that you can have all the gun laws in the world. But if you've got somebody who's willing to violate them, it doesn't matter. And instead, we need serious consequences for serious crimes the first time they're committed. Not repeated slaps on the wrist and kisses on the cheek and we'll see you back in court next time you violate your probation. Hope you're doing well in the meantime. Which seems to be what the criminal justice system uh, functions like all too often. And unfortunately, again, all too often with tragic results. Today's Armed Citizen story from the uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin area, specifically uh, Marinette, Wisconsin, where the uh, Marinette Police Department says no charges will be filed in the uh, fatal December 1st shooting of a 32-year-old woman. Uh, That shooting believed to be justified under Wisconsin law. According to uh, Chief John Lacombe, officers found 32-year-old Edwina Anderson in the hallway of an apartment complex, carrying a blooded, a bloody knife and suffering from gunshot wounds. They tried to uh, uh, take life-saving measures before they took her to a local hospital, but she passed away uh, at the Aurora Medical Center Bay Area. Uh, 31-year-old Nicholas Smith, meanwhile, had called 911 to report that he had been stabbed and thought that he shot somebody. Uh, officers located him at a home in Marinette, took him into custody, he was treated for minor injuries at a hospital and then transported to the county jail. Uh, however, Lacombe, the uh, chief there in Marinette, says during the course of the investigation, uh, they looked at uh, evidence, witness interviews, audio, video recordings, autopsy results. They interviewed all the involved parties who were still able to be uh, uh, interviewed. And they said uh, that uh, this was, again, a, a tragedy, uh, but one that was justified. Lacombe said that children were in the apartment during the incident, but not in the immediate area where it occurred. Uh, they were unharmed, immediately removed from the scene, and are now under the care of the Marinette County Health and Human Services. Uh, the uh, chief says, quote, this is a tragic incident for the entire community. We extend our deepest condolences to Ms. Anderson's family and friends. We appreciate the community's support during this investigation. I can't help but wonder if there are any thoughts being given to uh, Nicholas Smith, who was forced to protect his life after being stabbed, but uh, uh, it doesn't seem like Mr. Smith was a part of a Chief Lacombe's comments. Uh, anyway, we will uh, continue to follow the story, although I don't know how much more detail we're going to get, given that the uh, chief and the local police have ruled this shooting to be justified. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a, a couple from Florida were able to save two dogs that they saw dumped out of a car, out of a moving car, yeah, as they were on a road trip of their own. Uh, this is a sad, sad story. Tom Messina and his wife, Gail, were uh, on a road trip. They were headed back to their home in uh, Cape Coral, Florida. They were still about five hours away. They were in uh, Levy County. And uh, Tom Messina said, I, I just saw these two dogs. The first thing I was thinking was, oh, my God, they're, they're going to get killed. Uh, They saw a black car slow down slightly in front of him. Then they saw a door open and a foot come out. Thomasina said he kicked one out, and then I guess he used his foot to stop one from coming in as he kicked the other dog out. And then the car just kept driving. 
So the Messinas immediately pulled over. Uh, Thomasina said, we called them. They came right to the car. They didn't know what to do at that point. So they hopped on Facebook. Uh, he said, one of the ladies that wanted to take the dogs, if we could do that, suggested looking at a lost and found in the Levy County area. So we talked to the sheriff that morning. And uh, that's when they found out uh, that, yeah, somebody had actually reported their dogs missing. Uh, and from there, they were able to uh, to learn the dogs' names. The, uh, the owners of the dogs say they live on a 27-acre property. And the dogs are typically outside during the day. They're not fenced. Uh, but Friday, when they tried to call them inside, they were gone. And their best guess is that the two were stolen off of or at least near uh, their property. Uh, after getting in touch with the Messinas, uh, the uh, owners of the dogs were able to uh, establish a time to uh, go and pick them up. So they're actually going to be, uh, I guess today is the day. They're making the five-hour drive from uh, Levy County to Cape Coral, Florida, to pick up the family pets that uh, were rescued by Tom and Gail Messina again, just a couple in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing to help a uh, couple of dogs in need, as well as a family who was missing them. So, uh, Tom and Gail, we thank you for your very good deed. And I thank you for being a part of this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I look forward to being back with you tomorrow. Don't forget as well, on Wednesdays, we do have our VIP Gold live chat with Hot Air's Ed Morrissey and myself. That's at 1.30 Eastern time. If you want to become a VIP Gold member, all you have to do, go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP Gold membership, which will give you access to all kinds of exclusive content throughout the Town Hall uh, media family of websites from Hot Air, Red State, obviously townhall.com, PJ Media, Bearing Arms as well. We do appreciate your support, uh, and we do like to uh, say thank you with some of that exclusive analysis, news stories you won't find anywhere else, because your support does matter, and it really does make a difference. So thank you again. We'll be back again tomorrow with even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information. But in the meantime, be well, be safe, and be free.